This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is the joy of summer. Joy 94.9. What do I love about summer? Actually, not much. I don't like the outside. I don't like heat. But I do love staying inside and listening to joy. Summer on Joy 94.9. And online at joy.org.au. Oh, welcome to our house at the new time slot of 8 o'clock. If you didn't realise, we're on now. Um, Everyone's going to get much maybe. more BBB for their bounce now that we're on at 8 o'clock. Now, of course, sure if you wait until 9 o'clock, you won't hear us, but uh, there is always a podcast. Welcome to our house. <laughs> Joy, in case you're not sure, Joy 94.9's program about where and how we live in our diverse community. We will explore all aspects of real estate, but please seek professional advice before making financial decisions. My name is David Gale. Well, good evening, and my name is Russ Masterson, and I'm actually awake tonight. I'm <laughs> loving this new segment, 8pm. What is it like? God, right. I'm sorry Rory's gone, but I'm really oh, happy no. for our house. Whether you're buying or selling, renting or sharing, upsizing or downsizing, or just thinking about where you'd like to live, this is the GLBTI Real Estate Show for you, isn't it, Paul? It sure is, and I'm Paul McClure, and there's one criteria for the music that we play, and that it has to have something to do with houses or homes, and tonight oh, like there's no different. I like that. We look forward to your questions. If you'd like to contact us, you can. Please do by email on air at joy.org.au by phone 1300 joy 949 yes gordon's still there at the front desk if you'd like to give him a call and have a chat or by sms 0427 joy 949 that's 0427 56994 now on tonight's show we will be talking to rob purcell assistant chief fire officer from the metropolitan fire brigade about fire safety around the house now very important i know and that's the mfb so we're not talking about you know just your local garden hose variety we're we're talking about the melbourne fire brigade and if you've got any questions about fire safety around the home Mm -hmm. this is the time to send us an sms or a message or ring up gorgeous gordon or sizzling hot gordon yes Uh, there's another fire we're gonna have to put out later on oh you are that was a big introduction thick with the dev jokes again (laughs) well i've got lots of questions you've got lots of questions i do so we've got rob purcell here he's from the mfb and um if you're in, you know, thinking about burning down your house to collect some <laughs> some no, insurance, this no. is the time to call in and ask Rob a question. <laughs> don't don't believe a don't, word I say. Are we playing that this? song, Burning Down the House? <laughs> no, maybe we should. We're not doing maybe. that one. We've got the MFB in here. Very what serious. Else is, what else is on the show? Oh, of course. We'll be t- looking at current rates in the marketplace and some of the sales over the past weekend in our rates check segment. We'll be checking in with the lovely Rosemary in her garden tips. God, love Rosemary. She's God fabulous. Bless her. And of course, we'll be checking in with. Lurts. On days of our. Lurts. Fantastic. And Paul, what else are we doing? Well. 
you know, as always, we are on a real estate journey with you. We're not the experts, so we get the experts in to share their knowledge and their experience with us and with you. The kettle's on. You're listening to Our House. I love the end of that song. It just reminds me that, you know, it's time to talk and we've got action, you know. Well, is there any action in the rates check segment? Have there been any auction results this week? We still don't have auction results. Um, it's a pretty quiet old town, Melbourne mm. town in January. I'm, I'm, I'm um, betting, willing to bet that um, we're going to see a, a great big jump in auctions next weekend. 50,000 auctions Well, next you'd week. think so. I mean, last weekend there was only 147. So we're slowly climbing. We're doubling each week. Yeah, Remember that last week of, of December before we went into the holiday 978. Yeah, it was pretty well close to 1,000, which was actually more than the year before, which was the first time that we'd seen in the history of our show where there'd been more than the previous year. Well, I nearly, I, I nearly couldn't type when I saw that there was 147 last weekend. I thought, here we go. We're, You're excited. We're back. We're back. <laughs> they had a clearance rate of 83%. Yep, you'd expect uh, that. 10 were passed in, 42% were sold at auction, and a couple were, were withdrawn. But what's interesting, yeah. interesting, and we did talk about how um, buying a house is uh, seasonal, depending on where yeah. you live and where you want to buy. Well, a lot of the big spenders this week are down by the Beach or in country, Vic. They're down at Portsea, which we actually don't use the P word. We just say, are they buying a house no, down the beach? No, they're not. We don't want to live down there with, so you know. So sea change or tree change? Sea or tree change. But mm. we certainly don't want to be living down at Portsea with, um, I don't know, who do we know who lives down at Portsea? Oh, I don't oh, know. They, the foxes, perhaps? Yeah, they do. And they've got that fake beach with the, you know, their... Well, I don't know. I've never seen it. Well, so who knows what it's helicopter like. that can just I'm fly sure in on their own beach. I'm sure no, it's really nice. Not. Actually, we're getting a little... We're putting the cart before the horse um, because if we're going to buy any of these properties, what sort of rates are we looking at in interest rates? Well, I'm on the beach properties at the moment, so I'll just come back to those <laughs> right, in a moment. If you, if you, if just you hold that mind. thought. Yes. But um, Barwon Heads, now they did um, they did make the, um, the show Sea Change mm. uh, down at Barwon Heads. Yeah, they did. Three bedroom house sold at Bowen Heads this past weekend for one point two million dollars. Oh. Can well, that's a little beach it? house for us little to go down house. for a weekender. $1.2 million. I nearly fell off my stool <laughs> Oh, again. my goodness. Okay. Blair Gowrie, another beautiful part yes, of country Victoria nice. right on the beach. Well, that's next to Portsea. That's oh, a little bit further down yeah. the way there. Yeah. yeah. $1.2 million for a four-bedroom house. Wow. Okay. Now, we discuss summertime. Mm. All of the people go down to their holiday houses and they think, geez, I'd love a house they down here. They have a great time, time and they to pull all of their mm. money in together and they buy these houses down there way over inflated prices. Mm. And look at you. Well, Blair Gary's the, the poor man's... Portsies, so $1.2 million. <laughs> that's, that's, right. a, that's a bargain if you want to be down that way. Now, if, if you can't afford anything down at Portsea or Barwon Heads, and both of those places are, are absolutely gorgeous, you're going to head up to a nice little place called Eskdale. Where's that? Eskdale. It's on the Omeo Highway. It's right. a nice little country property. I'm Googling. Paul's Googling as we speak. Now, you could buy a one-bedder in Eskdale for only $103,000. 
So I'm telling you. $103,000. Yeah, yeah 103000 So, oh, you know. Oh, it's near Albury, Wodonga. Oh, lovely. Twin Cities. Beautiful mm. part of yeah, the world. A little bit of a commute to come to work in the <laughs> city bit. at the moment. Beautiful but part still, of if you wanted to, you know, maybe tree change or if you were retiring or something. Yeah. There was a population of 436. Oh, that's my idea Gee, of bliss. It's growing. Beautiful. Get out of this 3.5 million city and go to Eskdale. And I've got another one for you to look up, Paul. It's called mm-hmm. Granya. G-R-A-N-Y-A, stunning little township. You can buy a, well, you could have, this is the last weekend's results, listeners. You could have bought a one-bedroom in Grunya mm-hmm. for only 75K. I'm wow. telling you. It's all Northeastern Victoria. Is it gorgeous? On the Murray Arm of Lake Hume in the Tuwong Shire. 378 k's from Melbourne. Gorgeous, isn't it? Gorgeous. So this time of the year we did say Ooh, that you would have... That population there is 150. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. Tiny and, yeah. The way Depends whether you're looking you'd for talent. Everyone. Now, if you know, well, you're single and you're looking for talent, you'd yeah. probably be through Well, that I don't think there'd be many people on Grinder in Grania. That's what uh, I'd... Well, if, uh, out of 150, maybe uh, seven or eight. <laughs> who knows? Well, no, who, no. who knows? But I think you'd be meeting everybody down at the Grania Bowls Club. I think Club. you certainly would. That's right. Or at the CWA, you'd all have a knit-a-thon down there. Now, listen, Ocean Grove has gone off this mm. week. Oh, it's beautiful down More there. of these nice. sales in beach beachside Victoria. I, I can't even believe the price of this property, boys. Tell. Four mm. bedrooms, mm. Ocean Grove, $1.8 million. So we did say that people would go crazy at this time of the year yep, and buy these seaside resorts, and they have. David, you live in the gorgeous Port Melbourne. Well, I, yeah, I live, I'm live. i coastal. Yeah, I live down right. at Port Melbourne. <laughs> we call you if the I beach dweller. If I sold my place and my other place, I still couldn't afford any of these places that you're I'm, talking I'm about. I'm the city liver. You're the beach dweller. Yes, and Paul lives that's in the right. So um, what, we do, what we're doing is looking at Port Melbourne. Now, Port Melbourne is a beach suburb. Yeah, it is. Three-bedroom house there, $1,750,000. Wow. I know. Wouldn't actually surprise me because there's some big places. And, you know, we're two suburbs away from the most expensive suburb in Melbourne per square metre, which is Middle Park. Exactly. Now, so it sounds Probably to me one of the older Victorians, maybe. Or and a beautiful, beautiful suburb, cottages. beautiful suburb. If you're looking for um, a, a large gay share... Taralgan. Yes. Now, Taralgan, five-bedroom house, went up and was sold for $212,000. Could you imagine? Five bedrooms, so $212,000. That's right. You could could fit a a gaggle of gays in there. You could fit, you know, a a tonne of dykes on bikes. It would all be happening down in Taralgan. See, I would have stopped bidding at $200,000 and missed out. But uh, to borrow that money to buy one of those places, what sort of rates are we looking at this week? Well, I can tell you quite honestly that the rates are stagnant. So there's well, steady. There's a little bit of movement because remember the NAB two year fixed rate introductory offer had gone up to about 3.7, been... 3.8, 3.9 because oh, right, you few might weeks. be in the market, right? Is well, it... no, no, no. I've just sort of been watching, listening to you each okay. week. So what, what's, what was the rate this week? All right. Well, loans.com.au is our cheapest at 3.59%. So yeah, we, that's yep. standard. That's yep. standard. We've got NAB at 3.98%. See, so they're up at our, 9.8. There's our bank of choice, and they were at midsummer. So support. A month or so ago, they were down at 3.75. Support NAB. Absolutely. We love them. And then we've got the usual crowd all around that 359 to 36 Four percent. So we've got Loans.com, State Custodians, uh, U Bank, Greater um, Banks Limited. So the um, 
the mortgage brokers must be going insane. You go and see your mortgage brokers and they've got a list of, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 20 um, banks that they could go to that are offering rates well under 4%. But you're going to keep an eye on those rates because as we've discussed before, there the is a chance over this, this coming, year. current mm-hmm. year that there will be rates going up independent of the RBA. Okay, again, if you're looking for property that is under... $190,000 you need to <laughs> yes. move to country Victoria. Now, there's a lot of investors in our community mm. and, and there's lots of people that are trying to get into the marketplace. There's nothing wrong with living in places like Locksport, Orbost, Churchdale, uh, Church Hill, that is actually, Meribyn, Moe, Kerrang, Stall, Morwell. All of those places are going to get you two, three, four-bedroom houses for under $200,000. And many of them might be on the train line, you know, yeah. some of the corridors like the train to Be- Ballarat, the train to Bendigo, uh, the, tra- the train selling out to the Trobe Valley. And, mm. you know, you can pick up a bit of a lifestyle as well as a, a good place to live. Um, and then if you have to commute to the city, well, you know, you can always be doing stuff on the train. What do you Nothing do on the train in the morning? You're on your phone, you're on your PC, yeah, you're on your Kindle. my work for the day before I get there. Yeah, it's good. It's less stress than having to drive and find a park. You see, Paul well, and I were born and bred, bred in, in country uh, Victoria down at, at Geelong. I'm from Port Arlington G-town. and he's from um, Grove. Grovey. And there's nothing wrong with us, lads. We had a, we had a lovely childhood Perfectly down even, in the gong. Even if you have an old Mercedes, there's still room for a pony. Exactly right. Exactly right. I, I, I've got an old Mercedes in Richmond, but I would love, I would love to have a new pony in Kerrang. Room for a pony. Well, absolutely. There's our rates check for this week. Thank you, uh, gentlemen, for checking Indulging with me. <laughs> Hi, come on into our house on Joy ninety four point nine. Well, it's great to be here on Our House and tonight... At the new time. Well, at the new time of (laughs) 8 o'clock. Tonight, we're going to be talking all about fire safety and uh, we've got a very special guest here tonight. We have Rob Purcell, who is the Assistant Chief Fire Officer at the MFB. Welcome, Rob. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Great to have you here. Look, um, the MFB is well known. Melbourne Fire Brigade. We all rely on the MFB. We rely on the Fire Brigade without actually realising it because they provide a very big job and a very big role for the whole of this city, of the, the metropolitan part of Melbourne, which is growing all the time. Um, what's your history with the MFB? Yeah, so um, I joined the MFB 28 years ago. So like all firefighters, we all come through a recruit program. Yeah. We spend time at fire stations uh, and go through a promotional program, if you choose, to become a a manager uh, of a fire station. Or in my case, after a period of time, I chose to go and get some education and do some different things and ended up doing what I'm doing now, which is running... Um, community resilience and education programs for the Metropolitan Fire Brigade. So you were out there fighting fires, home fires. Uh, oh look, there's lots of awful jobs that you have to do as well. Like, you know, there's there's definitely first aid and there's car accidents. There's um, obviously trage- tragedies in firefighting and things like that. But you would have been... You know, hosing down houses as they were going up in flames and people are going, oh, my goodness, what about the TV and what about the fridge? Yes, yes. So uh, you see, do see an extraordinary uh, piece of life when you're a firefighter. You get get to do everything that everybody doesn't want to do. You get to run into (laughs) things when everybody's running the other direction, uh, sometimes when you don't want to. Um, So you do get to see some extraordinary things in your career. 
I mean, firefighters are pretty brave people as well. I mean, I expect it's all about safety these days as well. But, you know, we don't want to end up in our own house fires, do we, Russ? No, certainly not. I mean, I, I'm actually glad that Rob's in here because I've been living in the um, the same house in uh, in Richmond for 10 years now. And and to be honest with you, as owner, I, I have done very little to prepare my house for um, for a fire. I, um, you know, go to work every day. I, I did get a letter from um, the council last week telling me that a um, tree of mine needs trimming because it's coming too close to the power lines. But other than that, I don't do anything from one summer to the next to, um, to prepare my my house um all i all i do is is change over the batteries in the um in the fire alarms but i'm i'm keen to hear rob's tips tonight because i'm going to be you know spending my weekend fixing a few things up by, around the house by the sound of it <laughs> oh, not, not it, too much uh that's the beauty of our system is that um we've given you subliminal messages over the years that you've taken yeah. on board such yep. as changing your battery when uh we change our clocks for the for this uh changing of the seasons yep. um and people just generally do them so um and we educate kids at the age of five they take the education we give them they take it home to their parents they talk about it with their parents and they take it back to school again and we know third generation of that piece of education has carried through people through all of their lives so we try to get into your head because a very hard market to break into to tell something to tell people about fire safety it's not exactly yeah. a sexy subject so no. well on that though i mean i remember the ads when i was growing up of get down low and go 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 and there was, oh. there was there's just those yeah. catch cries that you yeah, do they stick, that in your head. Yep. they stick in your head so that's the stuff that, that we promote with uh, mm. kids uh, in prep and in uh, in young classes and we know our, our research tells us they carries them through their life so yeah. Oh, that's uh, great. yeah well when i was a child we didn't have smoke alarms for a start mm. um and you know i know that i've got to change the battery every year. When Have you got one now? Change. Of course I do. Good I live boy. in a modern apartment, but there's also, you know, sprinklers and things like that. So in newer places, there's things like that. But I do remember visiting a fire station when I was a child and, uh, you know, the whole of us at school went along. We slid down the pole. We loved mm. it. We thought it was the best thing mm. since sliced bread. Does that still happen? Uh, in Melbourne, it only happens at one fire station. That's Eastern Hill Fire Station here yeah. in the city. Uh, we've taken all the poles out because uh, they were causing too many injuries. Probably with the, <laughs> the children that were gluten free, I would suggest. No, no, with the firefighters. With the, I was going to say, okay. with the firefighters with the themselves, okay. having a bit of fun and going up and down well, the Well, you know what those pole dancers are like. I know. Now, <laughs> your role is to promote fire safety in the home. Um, now, if I asked you, if there was one piece of advice that you could give our listeners, what would it be? Uh, the most important thing is to take responsibility for your own fire safety in your home, and it's really simple. Um, if you're in a domestic dwelling... Uh, it's a residential smoke alarm and you can buy a residential smoke alarm for about 25 bucks you can get one that lasts you 10 years and you don't even have to change the battery anymore Uh Um, you can bang one in all of your bedrooms and all your living rooms and you can be uh pardon the pun as safe as houses for the rest of your life is it against the law not to have one rob it is it was made law in uh, 1997 that every house has to have a a smoke alarm and as working smoke a working smart smoke alarm and over time the the rules have changed and they've become uh the rule has gone uh, more in the favor of more smoke alarms and hardwired smoke alarms um so uh and we did see a massive drop off in preventable deaths after it became law in 1997 Mm. we were at about 30 preventable deaths per year and now we average across victoria about five preventable deaths wow that's that's staggering yeah so you did mention prior to coming on air that um that there's some three and a half thousand fires um each year in in melbourne that um the mfb um 
attends. I can't uh, believe that figure. I know, it's a huge Three and a half thousand fires. Yep. That's, so that's just residential house fires. That's, that's ten enormous, a day. It is enormous. So uh, our stats actually show, and, and I'll bring this into the conversation about what MFB does, mm. is we get three and a half thousand house fires per year, but we also now attend probably five thousand medical responses per year uh, oh, in, right. in combination with the ambulance service uh, for things such as heart attacks and mm. patients who aren't breathing or aren't, don't have a pulse. Ten house fires a day. Does that include false alarms, or this is actual house no, fires? No, this is day? this could be a house fire from no false alarms in that that number. Yeah. House mm. fires from a pot burning on a stove to a fully involved house burning I to the ground. I just can't believe it. Mm. Speaking of false alarms, if I was to call the fire brigade for no good reason and get you guys to come out to my house and there's really no fire, what would be the consequences of that? Um, we would introduce you to Mr Policeman. <laughs> Thought so. <laughs> but having it's said quite that... A, it's quite a hefty fine, A different it? kind of man well, in uniform, Paul, and you don't want, oh. to know, don't want to know that one. But we, we, we encourage people, if they think they have a problem, yes. to call us. Yeah. Uh, there's no fee for calling us if we come and help you, and there's an issue. Um, even if you're, you're scared of something, mm. uh, you think there's something's on fire, you yeah. call, we'll Better come. Better to be safe than sorry, the old adage. Absolutely. Yeah. I will admit, having been uh, the chairman of an owner's corporation oh. over the years, uh, false, fall, uh, false, false call-outs do attract um, a charge from the MFB for mm-hmm. coming out of around about somewhere anywhere between two and a half and $3,500. So mm. if, if you're in a block of apartments and there's a number of false call-outs, um, you know, often it could be one of the tenants who might have a you know a whole lot of smoke in their apartment? Instead of opening their window, they might open the door to the uh, hallways. The hallway starts picking up the smoke, and off goes the alarm. Mm. And some of those things are chargeable back to the owners corporation, which in the end costs uh, a lot of money. And the owners corps these days sort of go three and a half thousand dollars. We can't believe it. So the the fees we have for fines, particularly in that environment, mm. and mostly in in commercial properties, are quite high because uh, we encourage people to maintain their fire alarm systems. And you maintain them, it costs less. Uh, it's better for you all around. All right. That's interesting. Well, Rob, I'd like to come back to you in a minute and talk about how we can best prepare our homes to avoid and bring your stats down. So Absolutely. That's what we're here for. We're talking to Rob Purcell, Assistant Chief Fire Officer from the MFB. That time of night on our house, Joy 94.9. It's Rosemary's Garden and Rosemary's on the line. Are you there, Rosemary? Yes, I am here. Hi, Rosemary. It's Rusk. We've got the MFB with us this week. We've got Rob from the Metropolitan Fire Brigade. Is your house fire safe? Well, I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's probably the main thing. Hey, uh, Rosemary, are you OK with us calling you an hour earlier? Yes, yes. That's, it's a godsend. It is. It's great. I told my granddaughter we read a bit later on. That ah. sounds good. Have you got a smoke alarm, Rosemary? Oh, I've got two smoke alarms. Fantastic. Yeah, see Rob smiling. You think you're you're fire ready? Yeah. yeah. Tell us I've what. Got, I've got a fire blanket and all. Oh Very my goodness! Good. Tell us what are we going to be talking about on Rosemary's Garden this week? We're going to be t- we're talking about propagation. Propagation. Oh, goodness me. Are we allowed yes. to talk about that at this time of night? Oh, well, I 
I think so, especially okay. on your type of a show. <laughs> <laughs> so to simplify things for people who don't have green thumbs like myself, you're talking about cuttings. I'm talking about cuttings, yes, okay, if that's what you want. <laughs> but we can cuttings. say propagation or cuttings. Yes, yes, yes. So what's the because go? This is the time of the year that you get your tip cuttings and everything and you start to propagate. Right. And what does that because mean exactly? That means that you take the top piece of, like, your geraniums and your fuchsias and those sort of things and... Yeah. Put them in your pots with some good soil. Mm. And your pelargoniums, geraniums and all of that, in six weeks, you'll have a new plant. Oh, right. Oh. So um, we were talking about geraniums last week. Now, if I take a piece off my geranium and I cut it down, should I cut it below, like, the little knobbly nut bit in it or should I do it above that? Or where, where do I cut it on the actual geranium? Well, you cut it, you virtually nearly strip most of your leaves off it. Yeah, right. You cut, you cut a piece that's about, um, now we're going to talk in inches or in, because we'll have to talk in inches. Inches yeah, are fine. Inches is fine. Because I'm not real great in... Yeah, that's okay. In, Let's go inches. In centimetres. So you cut a piece about, say, six inches long uh-huh. off the top of your geranium. Pelagonian or whatever it is. Strip it down, leave a couple of leaves on the top. Yeah. And put it, put it in honey. In honey? honey. A, little, a little dip of honey and then put it in the dirt. What oh, does really? the honey do to it, Rosemary? The honey, I don't know, but it will make it grow. Okay. Well, okay. that's worked for you over the years? Yes. I'm going to try that tomorrow, I can tell you, because I've got some geraniums and, you know, they're just, they're doing quite well, but I'd like to spread them out on some other plants because they are really easy to grow, as we learnt last week on our house. So dip it into honey and then straight into the ground. A good water? A good water, yeah. And in six weeks they should have rooted by, by with the weather being like it is now. All right. You know, so keep, the, the, them da- keep them damp. Yeah. Yeah, and just put them into your pot. And they're the easiest things to grow like that, and fuchsias will do the same. But the key is... You need a cutting about same length for a fuchsia. The key is to do it now, though, because the weather... Before the weather changes and gets too cold, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, you've got a chance of they'll be be growing. They'll they'll be a lot stronger by then. If you wait until it gets cold, Mm. they're dormant, most of those sort of plants. You know, they have a bit of a downtime in the winter time. Okay. The geraniums don't grow as well during so the winter. With my fifteen centimetre piece, which is six inches long, how far do I have to push that down in? Do I push three inches down into the ground or like do I just you push about an inch and a half into the ground. So about a third of it or a quarter of it will go below the ground. Just a couple of leaves up the top, the rest of them stripped down so that it's a, a bare piece except for those little bits at the top and dipped in honey, straight into the ground and a good watering. That's right. Now, Rosemary, yeah. David is hopeless with planting plants. I've been to his flat and um, and everything's everything's almost dead over there. So I'm going to go over next week and I'm going to make sure he's done his propagation and, and report back to you. He needs honey and geraniums, right? He needs honey, geraniums, pelargoniums. Fuchsias. And some good soil. 
and some good, decent soil. Decent yeah. soil. Right. Seaweed yeah. emulsion fertilising thing again with the water? Yeah, no, I wouldn't worry about it. Because it's got honey. I'd, I'd put a bit of that in about after a couple of weeks. Okay. Because they'll get a little bit of a shock. Naturally. I'm going to try it out. I'm have you had much success over the years, Rosemary? Oh, of course I have. I, I um, stupid bought question, one big red geranium. Oh, I love those big reds. Yeah. yeah, I bought one big red, and I suppose now I've got about 30. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's a good thing. I mean, you can you can grow a new plant and give it as a gift to one of your friends, can't you? Yeah, that's nice. Easy hmm. as can be. Yeah. And also, if your other ones are starting to look a bit woody, hmm. you get rid of them and put your new ones in the place. Well, Rosemary, have you got any questions for Rob from the MFB about fire safety? Well, what am I supposed... Uh, n- no, I think... <laughs> okay. <laughs> How many, um, what, are, what have we talked about to start off with? This is old age, you see. Smoke alarms. Smoke alarms, yep. Smoke alarms. How many should you have in the house? Well, we recommend that you have one in every bedroom and maybe one or two if you in your corridors. Not in your kitchen. You don't, wouldn't put them in your kitchen because you'll set them off accidentally. Um, and we also recommend that you get your loved ones to come and put them in for you. Well, I've got uh, mine are um, connected to the electricity. Oh, that's fantastic! Oh, fantastic. Oh, so you don't even ha- really have to worry about them. Yeah. All right. Well, look, it's been great having you on, Rosemary. I'm taking your advice this weekend, um, or at least tomorrow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely be propagating yeah. tomorrow. And um, Russ has been taking your advice. I will be putting up a photo on our Facebook page tomorrow to show how our Russ's geranium has gone. So mm. that's uh, exciting. If you're listening at all and you want to see how Russ's geranium's gone. Uh, you'll see that on our Facebook page tomorrow, which is um, our house, of course. And thanks once again, Rosemary, for joining us at the earlier hour. That's okay. Talk okay, to you later. And you do good propagation tomorrow. Thank you, I will. Have yes. a good week, Rosemary. Okay, bye. Bye. Hi, come on into our house on Joy 94.9. You are well, indeed. She sounds like everybody's mum, which is she great. Does. She does. Who is a, practical my advice. Is a gardener. No nonsense. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay, we have Rob Purcell, Assistant Chief Fire Officer from the MFB, and he's in the studio with us tonight on our house. And we're talking about fire safety in the home. Now, Russ, you wanted to know what? What did you Tip, want to know? Well, basically tips. I mean, I, I, I like um, what Rosemary said about the fire blanket. I would never have thought of that. Um, what about, uh, um, you know, uh, emptying your spoutings? Um, what, are, what are the best best things, Rob? I'm, I'm keen to learn. So, look, with, uh, we talked about smoke alarms before, so we recommend one in every bedroom. We recommend that you test them monthly, uh, clean them with your vacuum cleaner, um, probably monthly. We know people don't necessarily remember that kind of stuff, but if you test it once a year, We'd be really happy. Yep. Um, I wouldn't worry about the gutters. That's that's bushfire stuff. Okay. You know, cool. If you're in the bush, of course, in the summer, clean. Sorry, your just backtracking to the fire alarm, uh, the fire, the smoke detector. If you hear beeping from it, is that usually because the battery's gone low? Yeah. So there's a definite different sound between an alarm going off and the battery yeah. being low, and, and it'll beep. Um, spasmodically when the mm-hmm. battery's going low as opposed to shrieking and alarming sure. when it's gone off. Okay, so just change the battery just change rather the battery. than just take it out and leave it out. Please don't take it out. Definitely change the battery. Okay. Sorry, we were moving on to guttering, spouting. 
Yeah, so look, from our point of view, in a big city, you're not going to get an issue with having dirty gutters and, and causing fires. So um, my specialty is stuff in the home. Yep. So, uh, you know, look after your smoke alarms. Uh, we get most of our fires happening in the kitchen. You know, over 30% of our fires happen in, in the kitchen, usually unattended cooking. And they're just not prepared for them. Um, no. So, and in the instance where you're not prepared for it, we always say, just get out. Right. Um, so don't worry about the fire blanket. Don't worry about the extinguisher unless you've been trained to use them. Yeah. Um, so get out, take your phone, call triple zero. You'll get help in the big city in probably under ten minutes. Okay. And do a lot of people have fire extinguishers at home these days? Or no, not, not not that the, many. Yeah. Because there's just different extinguishers for different circumstances and different types of fires, isn't there? Yeah. So if you do have one in your home, it's normally going to be a what's called a dry chemical extinguisher. It sort of yeah. covers all the bases. Okay. So like the old ad where they used to go, oh, the chips, the chips, and off go the chips <laughs> into a fire. Like, would you use that sort of extinguisher for that or would you use... You would, you would okay. if you had one. But if you've lost the chips like you did in the ad, then yeah. once again, get out, just stay out, yeah, basically. Yeah, because smoke is also a big killer well, as well. Well, the smoke will actually kill you well before the heat does. Yeah. 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 So... Um, so where are people making their mistakes at the moment, Rob, where, with the, these high numbers? Well, three and a half thousand fires well, exactly. a year, yeah. ten a day. That you want to see halved. So look, there's a range there. Uh, there is uh, accidental, so people mm. getting distracted while they're cooking. You know, the, the iPhone, the iPad, looking at something else, watching the tally instead of paying attention to the cooking. Yeah. Um, about 30% are caused by electrical faults. So, right. um, you know, one of the things we would say to people is don't overload your power boards. Yeah. Don't use double adapters. Don't double piggyback your power boards. Mm. Um, always use stuff that's Australian standards because uh, at least you can trust it. Yeah. Um, you know, if you need more PowerPoints, get them installed. Yeah. Uh, so they're the pieces of advice that we would give. So and that, inattention and, and accidents yeah, are those the main things. Are much uh, are so cheap when you go to a hardware store these days. There's no need to be. Don't have to be frugal about that. You don't that have stuff. to be, do you? Exactly right. right. Don't go crazy either because <laughs> they do. power boards do cause a lot of fires. So um, yeah, when right. people have you know, the stereo and all the eye charging stuff going on, so um, be mindful that uh, you know, sometimes it's better to consider getting a PowerPoint installed by an electrician. Yeah, yeah we were talking to Sally Little from uh, Wright Electrics and she was yeah. in studio. She's an electrician and she was talking about power boards and not to do the piggybacking and all that sort of stuff. Mm. You can easily get a power board that takes four plugs or get another mm. power board put in it's not expensive and if you say a lot of uh preventable fires are coming from power boards you know 17 computer things plugged into with piggybacks and all that sort of stuff it's just not on and we know that it's not safe so yeah. we just have to actually get over the inaction i suppose yeah so so just don't take the risk you know they're the simple piece robert you're surprised by um the stupidity of some people. I don't like to to, to call anyone stupid, but you know, I, I mean, I, I guess no. Half, at least judgment. At least half of these fires w- uh, would be preventable, right? Yeah. So look, I, I'm I hate to say it, but I'm never surprised by people's stupidity. Um, <laughs> but having said that, you know, a momentary lapse of concentration, mm. or uh, you know, we don't see a lot of negligence. You know, no. people being outrageously stupid about mm. how they behave. We see people make mistakes. Um, and we see people do things that they shouldn't do, but um, you know that happens in everything that we do in life. I was interested with when we were talking to Rosemary how you said um, uh, you told her to get some family members in to to look after her um, smoke alarms. So the the the, the elderly, yep, um, you know they they should ask for help, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're seeing um, in the demographics across the city something we're working really hard to deal with is you know. 
um, we know that by 2030, 25% of the population is going to be over 65 years of age, mm. and over 65s are well overrepresented in home fires. Right. Um, by 2030, I'll be over 65. Yeah, I think we all will. Some yeah. of us will. So, um, well, you won't be, Rob. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we put a lot of energy into programs working with uh, Department of Housing and, and people who provide service, the Commonwealth Packages, to make sure that they're installing smoke alarms and doing home fire safety work yep. to help those who need it the most, which are the elderly, because they're mm. they're too too over well, they're overrepresented in house fires. So mm. we want to see that trend brought down. Look, um, it's great to have you in the studio to talk about fire safety. We've actually um, got some emails to talk about in a few moment. Uh, we've got a joint membership that's been received from Will from Hillside. Thanks for listening to us tonight, and thanks for your membership as well. That's Good really you, Will. important because uh, that's how we fund the radio station, of yeah, course. Uh, so become a member. If you've got any questions to ask Rob, please send in your questions on 0427 JOY 949. Hi, come on into our house on JOY 94.9. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Lance, are you with us tonight? Yes, I am. How are you, David? Oh, look, we're, we're having a great night tonight. We're talking about fire safety around the house, and you've been clearing out your house a little bit more to improve some of its fire safety in a way, haven't you? Have you been? What have you been up to this week? Well, today, uh, this week I've been getting rid of it. Well, sorting out stuff to get rid of, uh, as well as I got rid of a, uh, I think I told you last week, a sideboard, and they gave me extra room, and I've been able to pack up some things in boxes and, and starting to label some things to take with me. Good. Have uh, you um, seen any properties at all this week? Last, what was it? It was last week I saw a property in Lonsdale Street. It oh, was, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say probably it was, well, the, the estate agency was about four and a half squares, which I wasn't so sure about, but it was a, a studio apartment mm-hmm. and it was in Lonsdale Street between Queen and Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. And I was very impressed with it. And that was up for sale for 250000 That's a bargain. Well, it is. 250000 isn't that much. It's not that much at all. And it was certainly one that if I was in the market for it right now, I would put it on my list. Good on you. That's great. Um, Lance, we've got the MFB here, Rob, from the Fire Brigade tonight. You, have you got smoke detectors in your house? Yes, I've got two smoke detectors, uh, in a hall, one in a hallway and another one in the lounge room. Very good. Very well, good, well Lance. Done. You've just been given the big tick of approval <laughs> from the MFB, Lance, so you're doing well. Hey, have you got any more properties that you're going to be looking at? I've got another one coming up this coming Monday. When I was looking at the other property, I went and had something to eat and there was a, a security guard outside a, um, a, a, a complex and I was asking him about it and he said that he was the manager, actually, of... Well, he probably wasn't a security guard. He was a manager, actually, of, of the place. Oh, like a building and, manager, probably. Uh, yeah, so he, um, he he took me to the estate agent and uh, arranging to see one of his south things, which is probably a little bit far away, but we'll have a look anyway. So this is giving you an idea of what you get for your buck, I suppose, how much bang you get for your buck. 
It is, yes. And getting an idea of, of locations. And, you know, there's locations you think, oh, no, nah, I don't really want to live there. Mm-hmm. Until you really see it, you don't know, I guess. You better be careful, what? Lance. You better, if, you, if you're um, around the corner from Joy FM, they'll want you doing the switchboard every day of the week. No, that's not the point of the exercise. Look, it's great to catch up with you again this week, Lance, at the earlier time, and we will talk to you again next week. Thank you. Lovely talking to you and hearing your program. Okay, bye, Lance. You're listening to Our House on Joy 94.9. You are indeed listening to Our House on Joy 94.9, and we... Oh, sorry, I was just going to do a siren. That was a fire alarm or a fire siren. Yeah, what a, okay. yeah, whatever. That was, of course, to signify our guest, Rob Purcell, the Assistant Chief Fire Officer from the MFB, who's talking tonight about home safety and hey, how to avoid an, fires in your home. We've had an email. We have. Yeah, from Devron. He wants to know about why apartments are different, because they are a little bit different in fire safety, because there's lots of people and there's fire exits and stairwells. They're they're set up Mm. differently, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. Uh, Research over a period of time has told us that uh, you've got to build them a different way, because you've got to move a lot more people if there is a fire. They have fire separation between the apartments. They have airlocks uh, in the stairwells, so the oxygen stays in the stairwells when people are evacuating. They have fire doors, so that fire doesn't burn through the door and affect the exit of people coming out. I heard that uh, the reason you shouldn't use the lifts during a fire in an apartment block is so that the fireys can get up inside the lift. Uh, we we tend to use the lifts uh, as opposed to the, the residents using the lifts, mm. but it's mostly because if you push the button in a lift when you're trying to evacuate, you don't know what floor it's going to stop on. Yeah. It stops on the floor the fire's on, you're toast, basically. Wow. Right. So how would you guys... Um Overcome that. Well, you've got your uniforms on. Well, we, you? we use the... <laughs> we, <laughs> no, but if you stopped on that floor, wouldn't you get a gust of... No, well, we use the fire isolated stair to get to the floor below the floor that the fire's on, and right. then we would set up our hoses, and yep. we would take them up to the floor that the fire is oh, on from there. Okay. So obviously you have to be fully prepared for big fires in multi-storey buildings. We had that big fire in Docklands, I think, the year before last, which was all to do with flammable cladding on the building. Yep. So yep. how did they approach that? Uh, well, we got uh, we got lucky. We a combination of luck and good building design, where the building was fully sprinklered. The building had um, fire hydrants inside that the firefighters could tap into. Thankfully, people paid attention and evacuated quickly. We got four hundred people out of that building wow. in twenty minutes, um, and we managed to get our fire appliances there to uh, deal with the fire at the same time. So, you know, good luck and a combination of good planning on our part. What happens if I live in an older style apartment which wouldn't have fire stairs like the new apartment blocks and let's say I'm on the third floor, what happens if there's a fire on the first floor? What's going to happen? So it depends on how tall your apartment block is. So the regulations say over 25 metres it'll have a sprinkler Uh uh, and it'll still have a fire stair. But the compartments that that, that are the apartment, so an apartment is built as a compartment Mm. to to maintain the fire in that space for a certain amount of time and it gives us time to get on scene and deal with the fire. So so what, I, if, if the apartment's somewhere out there, I shouldn't leave the apartment or I should stay inside? There, there is some thought that it's better to actually stay in your own apartment rather than get out and expose yourself to the smoke and the fire. Um, but we would always suggest at this point in time, we haven't validated that kind of research, mm-hmm. we would say uh, if, the, if the apartment... You know, two apartments away, three apartments away is on fire, then it's best to get out and meet at a safe place on the street. Yeah.
Now, there are different ways you can prepare a fire safety plan. There's a booklet that you can download, isn't there? There is. It, it, I was having a look before the show. There's a very, very... Um, Comprehensive. Comprehensive. Yeah. That's the word that yeah. was escaping me right then. If you go to the <laughs> MFP website, there's a, a, an offshoot of that called the Safe Mistake Zone, and it's got a lot of information about there's a home fire safety checklist, there's a, uh, what to look for with your smoke alarms. There's also... As you you say there, David, a home fire escape plan. So it's got a blank little grid and you draw your house layout on it and formulate an escape plan. So can we actually link that? We'll link that to our podcast, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Robert, but it's full of a lot of information. That'll be up Excuse tomorrow. Me, Sorry. Sorry. Have you got any um, other tips for our, our joysters? Um... Yeah, so the, the, the only one I'll touch on is the difference between being an owner and a, and a renter. Hmm. Um, so an owner is responsible for the fire safety provisions in a rental property. Uh, and the only thing the renter is responsible in a rental property is to test the smoke alarm, for example. So if your smoke alarm's not working and you're a renter, then you call the owner and say, please come and replace my smoke alarm. Yeah. Um, ah. So your responsibility just rests with testing. Yes. Um, and we went through, unfortunately, a court case recently about um, some uh, young men who died in a home fire uh, who didn't know how, what a smoke alarm was, didn't know how to test it, and um, subsequently um, in cahoots with uh, CAV, Consumer mm. Affairs Victoria, yeah. we've we've done some work to um, remind people that the owner is always responsible for the smoke alarm in a right. in a rental property, and the renter is only responsible for testing. So, if you're a landlord, I've noticed um, certainly um, as a la- uh, as a landlord as well um, that there's services you can ring up, and they go around and they often uh, test all of the smoke alarms in one apartment block, and you know it might cost about ninety ninety nine dollars or something like that, and they go in, they test, um, they first off they change the batteries and then secondly they spray it like a, a fake smoke to make sure that it's actually working mm. and you know that's deductible as a landlord against um, the income that you're receiving so it's well worth investing in that or at least making an inspection yourself because otherwise you're going to be held liable that's for right uh, you, you carry the risk problems yeah well thanks very much um, for joining us tonight rob it's been extremely informative and um, i would recommend any anybody who's listening to go to the mfb website mfb.vic.gov.au and just check it out have a look at what your rights and responsibilities are as far as uh, fire safety is concerned um, the fire safety booklet that we were referring to before that's a 20 comes in 22 languages so there's no excuse wow. to mm-hmm. not know how to protect yourself from fire in your home in your home and as rob said before take responsibility yourself yeah and rob we do want to get that figure down we don't want three and a half thousand fires for you guys to deal with every year, we need to get it at least down to half of that. So, yep, yeah, let's let's work on that together as a community. That'd be fantastic. Don't forget, of yeah. course, to buy the firefighters calendar. You'll see Rob on uh, <laughs> May. He's Mr. May this year. <laughs> okay. So, okay, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.